All right, after two periods here at line of rink, it's Cornell 5, Merrimack 2. This is our second intermission report, and it is brought to you, as always, by the Merrimack Graduate School, where at Merrimack, you can earn your master's degree in just one year. Merrimack offers graduate programs in business, science and engineering, and education and social policy. Log on to merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. So our score, Cornell 5, Merrimack 2, shots on goal now through two periods of play are 24 to 16 in favor of Cornell in that second period uh, shots were 13 to 11 Cornell and uh, joining us here second intermission is Mike McMahon from the MacReport.com also call talking news and the Eagle Tribune and uh, well Mike uh, the Warriors uh, on the plus side of things finally break through uh, end the scoreless drought at 164 minutes and two seconds uh, but on the negative side of things they've given up five now for the first time this year and for the 10th straight game they trail after two periods. Uh, yeah, you know, certainly not. <laughs> it's good to see them get some goals. It's good to see them to break through that. I think that was a source of, of uh, frustration and also a little bit of a lack of confidence. Of course, you'd like to see it coming tonight where where the defense and the goaltending is, is well, not, not so much the goaltending. I think some of these goals, uh, you know, he's a guy alone in the back door, shot through a screen, one on the power play, a couple on the power play. Uh, you know, you need to tighten things up a little bit, but also I think that they're stretching and trying to get some offense going, so maybe maybe not uh, you know, covering things in zone as, as best they, they normally do because they're trying to create something on offense and finally able to break through there in the second. Um, but, you know, I think they're showing some fight and, you know, I think in that second period, especially towards the end, even at the end there, when they're going to get a power play out of this, uh, you're starting to see some fight you know, I, w- I wouldn't say frustration, but you're starting to see some fight, some pushback, which is uh, something that I think was lacking here over the last couple of weeks, and, and it's good to see. First period, obviously, is, is going to be, you know, we look back at it. If, if they're not able to forge the comeback here, which would be a pretty big comeback, but uh, if, if that doesn't end up happening, we'll look back at the first period, as I think, as being where they lost this game and falling behind 2 to nothing. And Cornell really came out of the gate and took the play to them. It was the physical play. They also, I thought, did things a little quicker than they did last night and Cornell coach Mike Schaefer had talked uh, with us before the game that, that that was something that he wanted them to do and Merrimack just wasn't able to handle it as well as they needed to. Yeah, despite the score last night, I thought Merrimack did a lot of things to frustrate Cornell. Uh, and, and I think you're seeing them uh, play more of their game tonight. I mean, they're big and physical. Uh, they're a lot, like you said, I agree, they're a lot faster tonight than they were last night. And I think that's where Merrimack was uh, a source of frustration for them a little bit. And uh, they've been able to turn it into more goals as well. And, and I agree. You know, it's that, that first period is what you look back on. I think the shots were 11-5, but at one point were 11-3 and not much zone time. Uh, they were getting pucks deep, but not really winning those puck battles. You know, they, they were dumping, but not chasing, <laughs> I guess you could say. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I look back and, and certainly the first period was one that uh, left some stuff to be desired. There was some more pushback in the second, though, uh, in, in getting themselves back into the game. I mean, like I said, three-goal game here heading into the third. Uh, probably a, a little too much to ask for at this point, but there was some pushback, which I think is was lacking here in the last couple of weeks, so it's certainly I still think a step in the right direction. The second period, anyway, maybe not the first, but the second period for sure. It seems like you know, with ten straight games of trailing after two, they that can't be the case. They've got to have a lead at the end of two, and so to do that, then you start to work your way backwards, right? You know, you've got to play well in the second, so that if you have a lead, you've got to hold it. Or if you're if you're trailing, you got to be able to come back there. And then back in the first period, where, where I still think I think first period is where a lot of the troubles lie of late, especially.
lately is they've been falling behind in the first period and never been able to come back. And so that you know, looking ahead, I guess, the next week and the next opportunity they're going to have to do that at Notre Dame, which is going to be a pretty good club. They're going to have to solve another good goaltender in Cal Peterson, but they got to come out. I think you know there have been a lot of games where they've played better as the game has gone along, and tonight is another case of that. Uh, but uh, they need to play better earlier in the game to get that lead and, and then have that confidence to be able to go on and win a game. Yeah, and it's a funny it's a funny stretch because they've had they haven't had very good first periods in total, but they have had good starts to games. And I, like that Union game last week, first five minutes, first five or six minutes there, they played pretty well and had a lead. And I think shots were six nothing or six one. I mean, they were they were on them in the first five or six minutes of the period. Then Union takes over and scores twice, and I think I shoots them eleven to one the rest of the way in the last twelve or thirteen minutes of that period. So uh, they, they've had good starts, but haven't necessarily sustained them through the entire first period. And then, like you said, their second periods have been better. Their third periods of played have been pretty good. So uh, it, it's something that I think is it, it's one of many things that have snowballed into this stretch here where they've struggled to find wins. We should look ahead to Notre Dame. Notre Dame won seven to one last night at against Western Michigan. They have a one to nothing lead here. It appears late in the first period in a game that started later than this one. But uh, again, another good team that they're going to face and hockey's points on the line. Yeah, a little bit of a different game with, with hockey's points on the line. I know uh, I had written something this week where this game here tonight, these two games really, we're where they are in the pairway, pairwise at this point. Glorified exhibitions, these non-conference games for them now. I mean, if they were if they were sitting at 20 where they were a couple weeks ago or certainly in the top 20, you know, these games certainly take on a lot more meaning. But where they are now in the mid-30s of the pairwise, it's going to be really hard unless they go on a run here. And we're talking like an eight or nine game run. It's going to be really hard for them to climb back into that conversation. So uh, these league games are, are where where it matters now. I mean, there's mostly league games here on in, other than that Arizona State game, I believe. So uh, it's all league games, and that's what's going to be important. I think that they've got a pretty good shot uh, in the playoffs if they can go on a run here, but also get a game at home. And, and getting those fir- getting that first round at home is going to be important, and that's what really they're going to be tested for here in the second half. Mike, how do you break down Notre Dame? Obviously, it starts with Peterson. He's been terrific in goal, but what else do the Irish bring to the table? I think they're a lot like Cornell. Maybe not as big. You know, they don't certainly not have the size, but they play similar in the sense that they're just complete, like all four lines. I was looking at them earlier in the week. There's really not a weakness there. Uh, but at the same time, they don't really have one guy that they lean on either. It's not like, uh, you know, it's not, I'm try, trying to draw a comparison here. Maybe maybe that BC team a couple years ago with a control line that was so good. Uh, but really, outside of that line, they struggled to find some depth and it caught up with them in the national tournament. Uh, although, I mean, they did go to the Frozen Four. That line was pretty good. Uh, but it, it, they're, they're just really deep and they're really solid, I think, one through four. And then they're deep is also really underrated. I mean, I know that I mean, look, a lot of people look at some of the guys they lost, but uh, they bring back some guys too on D that can move the puck. They transition pretty quickly on D from what I've seen. Haven't seen them live yet this year, but seen them a couple times on, on TV. Uh, thanks to NBC, they're on quite a bit. They transition pretty quickly. I think quicker than they did last year. Alright, so what has to happen here? We've got 20 minutes left and uh, obviously down by three. It's a tall order. Uh, you know, Let's say that they're not able to come back in this game here because uh, obviously that would be a pretty big upset, but uh, you know what happens happens from here, coming off of this weekend, was was there anything to be gained? Uh, obviously, the last 20 minutes may affect that to somewhat, but anything to be gained, especially knowing that you've got Notre Dame coming up? Well, I think it starts with this power play. I mean, uh, they got a two-minute power play here to start the third. I thought it could have been a five-on-three. It looked like there were two penalties down there in the, in the corner. I was actually standing down right in that corner, right where that play happened, uh, taking some photos for 
the, in the, during the second period. And, and Gustafson was held as he came around the net, got back up, and then was cross-checked from behind uh, into the glass. So I, I think, they were, and that's what I mean when there's some fight there, you know, because even you even saw it from, I know Mark Dennehy as he was leaving the ice, him and Robert St. Lawrence were, were having some very loud words as they went off the ice. And he was saying, you know, he's picking up for his players, and his players seem to be fighting back as well uh, against a, a team that brings a lot of fight to you. There's a size and strength there, and they play physical. So I think it starts with a power play. If you can get a power play goal, uh, that certainly gets your power play going. It gets you three here for the game. And then, uh, you know, from there, that's some stuff you can build on. There's, they've taken some steps this weekend, but certainly getting some goals here in the third half. All right, thanks a lot, Mike. Great work as always. I know we'll next talk to you uh, a couple of weeks from now. So, uh, you know, good work as always. We'll, we'll look forward to checking out the macreport.com until then. And uh, thanks again. Thank you. All right, Mike McMahon been with us from the macreport.com. Check out his work as you always should. Every day there's something new. And also for, uh, working for the Eagle Tribune and College Hockey News. Our score at the end of two periods is Cornell 5, Merrimack 2. John and I are back with more after this, including the third period of play from Line and Rink in Ithaca. This is Warrior Hockey. Thank you.